So over the past couple of months, if not weeks, YouTube likes to recommend to me some videos of, you know, uh, users, content creators that I may have not heard of based on what I talk about, what my interests are and everything. And one of them that they've recommended to me to a lot lately is Sarcastic Chorus, mainly based on his discussion for shipping and everything. And I'll tell you honestly, from what I have seen, he does a very, very good job at giving you pretty much a video essay on, you know, certain ships out there and why fans ship them, you know, why they're teased, you know, why, you know, problematically they can't work. And sometimes, you know, you know, bringing out the fact that the reason problematically they can't work isn't just, you know, based, you know, on, you know, the show itself and, and all that. No, it's mainly sometimes based on how the characters are designed and described and how it kind of off-puts, you know, it kind of off-puts basically something that potentially could be in the near future. I mean, a good example, honestly, is him talking about Gravity Falls, Dipper, and Wendy. And, you know, being someone that, you know, thanks to Frank Hill, has the ability to watch episodes on Blu-ray as well as on Disney+, Plus because they're on there too, um, you know, I'm able to kind of see why people actually liked the ship, but also why Sarcastic Chorus does feel it's kind of, you know, problematic, you know, in nature. And it's not anything that's on the characters. No. You see, with Gravity Falls, it's the design of the characters and the way they're described, you know, in the show. Basically, Dipper is like 12 to 13, right? And Wendy is 15 to 16. You might say, well, that's not that big of an age gap. You know, it shouldn't be problematic for anybody, right? And, you know, you'd be correct. It shouldn't be that problematic. I mean, when I was in high school, two sweethearts that are married, you know, have kids and everything, are four years apart in age. And they were dating from the, day, from the first day that I know of, you know, from the first day that I know of, of my friend's freshman year in high school, her first year, if you will, and his last year, her husband's last year in high school when he was a senior. So, you know, so, you know, so I don't see that big of a difference. And let's be honest, age sometimes doesn't have to play a factor, you know, especially if you're consenting adults, or you're not that far in age as teenagers, I mean, for example, I have an aunt and an uncle that are like 10 years apart, mainly, almost 10 years apart. And there's no issue there whatsoever. You know, there's no issue there, period. And, you know, for for people to make a big deal about, oh, there's this age gap of three to five years, uh, have you not seen, you know, how couples are in real life? You know what the age difference in the age gap difference is. Have you ever looked at you know those couples in real life, celebrities? You know maybe in your own family, inner circle, if you will. Have you not noticed that big big age difference and nobody really bats an eye? I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying, I mean, I know we're in a different time and place where this could be looked at as not right, as unacceptable, as basically, hold on for a second. You know, like I said, you know, you don't, you don't see that much argument, right? But again, as I was saying before I paused there to watch uh, one of the plays of the Rams, the 49ers game, which I have in the background, have on in the background, uh, Basically, I understand we're in a different time frame now. We're in a different, you know, era where, you know, this could be looked at as problematic, even by just a few years, to where, you know, basically the the belief is, hey, if you're going to date somebody, yeah, you can date somebody of your own, you know, sex, of your own gender and all that, and that's fine. You know, you know, that's fine and everything. You know, you could do that. But we are in such a, you know, such a tumultual time period to where basically, even if you're a few years older, you're five years older, four years older, people will look at your relationship as problematic. They will. Just because you're not like a year apart or two years apart, they will look at it as problematic. And it's not. It's not. But it's because of the world we're in Today, which is why when you see someone like um, Sarcastic Chorus, you know, when he talked recently about Luna and Octavia based on the recent episode of Hell of a Boss and how fans have been shipping them even before this moment in the second episode of the second season, it, you know, you can understand why he, you know, put that little bit at the beginning after he said, hmm, you know, I can get behind this. And then he suddenly had. You know, he suddenly had, you know, police, FBI, had footage of police, FBI, breaking down doors and with the wording of, she's 17 and everything. And then showing a description of the ages of both Octavia and Luna being five-year difference, a four-and-a-half-year difference. You know, you can understand why he did that because even he sees the fact that we are in a society, we are in a world today where this, as ridiculous as it sounds, is looked at as ridiculous. You know, as a problem, and it shouldn't be. And when I saw him, like I said, you know, talk about you know Dipper and Wendy, and the fact that he described Wendy as being three years older than uh, Dipper, three and a, three years, maybe two and a half years older than Dipper, it's like, so what's the issue? What's the big issue, right? Why? What's the big issue there, right? Well, apparently, it's because of the fact that the, the the artist, excuse me, there, the artist decided to design Wendy as this badass, statuesque, like fifteen-year-old, and Dipper as short and stubby, because of course he's Mabel's twin. Yeah, you know that's obvious, right? The the twins, but mainly making him short and stubby, and it's like. You know, if you're going to tease something like this, then why didn't you make Wendy maybe just a little taller than Dipper, not freaking statuesque to where people mistake her for being a lot older than she is when she's not? You know, why why do that? You know, why do that? And he basically, from what I could tell, you know, points the finger not at the characters themselves and the descriptions. No, he points the finger at the way they're designed. It's like, why even design them this way if you weren't intending for, oh, I don't know, someone like, you know, Wendy to be just maybe, 
you know, just as small, if not just a bit taller than Dipper, so it could actually work, or at least there could be some believability. Why do that? What you're doing is you're giving off, and from his perspective, you know, mom vibes, or big sister vibes, and all that between the two, and nothing more. And I see, I can see where he's coming from with that. And thanks to Frank Hill, you know, sending me the Blu-ray and everything, I've been able to kind of understand exactly, you know, where Sarcastic's coming from, you know, when he brings that up. You know, for example, going back to Luna and Octavia, you know, he talks about the fact that, yeah, there is, you know, he does mock, I should say, the fact that there's a five-year difference between the two and that, again, this in today's world would be problematic. But here's the thing. Octavia in the show is one year away from an adulting, a, a consenting adult, right? So once that moment happens, if they do something like that for the show, like give her a birthday episode or whatever then there shouldn't be an issue with her going to be with Luna if they decide, hey, like father, like daughter, like father, like daughter, let's put Luna and Octavia together. Let's cross that, let's ca- cross that threshold, if you will. You know, let's go that route. He even hinted that he doesn't think the people behind Hell of a Boss would have an issue even crossing that line, despite the fact that it seems that the leading towards the the dads, the gay couple, if you will, of Stiletto and Blitzo getting together and probably becoming husband and husband, if you will. You know, even though it seems that they're planning towards that, that's, as a result, kind of making Luna and Octavia stepsisters um, by, by um, extension. You know, just by extension, stepsisters, half-stepsisters, however you want to look at it. Uh, they're still not afraid to do that, though, until that moment comes, if they go that route with the uh, the dads. You know, they're still not afraid, though, to go that route. And what would be interesting is the story element of, okay, if they do this, how are the dads going to react? It's like now they can't even really be together because their daughters are technically together. But... Being creative and everything, they could find a loophole. They could say, "Yeah, Luna's my adopt is Blitzo's adopted daughter," and everything. You know, and even you know he's basically her adoptive dad, her guardian. There's a loophole to where she's not really you know his own flesh and blood, so that could go in her favor if they wanted to do it. If they wanted to do it and everything, but you know so. You know, that could, you know, and they, so creatively, they could find an interesting way to make that work based on, you know, that situation. And again, I do apologize if I'm a little distracted and everything. You know, I'm watching the uh, Rams and 49ers now, so if you hear anything in the background, that's what I'm watching and listening to. Um, anyway, um, anyway, though, they could find a creative loophole to make that happen. But. Again, Sarcastic brought this up because fans had been shipping them even before this official on-screen meeting between them, you know, uh, basically in in the second episode of season two. So, you know, whatever the case, 
may be uh, with Luna and Octavia in the future if they decide to go that route. I think Sarcastic Course would agree that knowing the creators behind the show, they could be creative and find loopholes to make it happen, even while they try to position the dads as becoming more, you know, becoming a family, you know, an even bigger family than before, you know, that's Octavia being like the, you know, the steps, stepdaughter of Blitzo and Luna being the, you know, half stepdaughter of, you know, of Estelos, you know, that, you know, that could, you know, that will make things, that we know is inevitable, basically, but again, the loophole they could use from the adoptive perspective could even be greater, could be even a greater asset to, you know, go that route, to make it happen between the two girls, because basically, like father, like daughter, they're kind of going down the same routes of, they're trying to find happiness with others, you know, sometimes of their own species, outside of the species, but it just ain't working, and it looks like it's going to result in these two being, you know, more, you know, potentially down the line, which again makes things storyline-wise complicated, but it could work. But Sarcastic, like I said, he brought up the fact that, you know, he brought up the fact that, yeah, you know, they're bound to go that route, you know, being like step-siblings or half-step-siblings and all that, but, you know, Still, Liz, he wouldn't put past hell of a, the hell of a boss creators to, to go that route and make that happen, in my opinion. But it's, again, you know, and I do once again, I do apologize if I'm a little distracted. I got the Rams and 49ers on, as you can hear in the background. But again, getting back on topic, uh, sarcastic didn't, doesn't just talk about that. He talks about a lot of problematicness. You know, in ships, like I mentioned earlier with the Wendy and Dipper thing, and that basically it's not the fault of the characters, it's the way they're designed, which is a shame. It's a real shame because I can honestly see them, you know, doing something for Gravity Falls, maybe as an all new movie, an all new special that takes place years in the future. And. Like I said, though, I was just watching the 49ers score and take the lead against the Rams. But uh, anyway, to get back to what I was saying, you know, it's not the fault of the characters themselves. It's the fault of the creators and everything for designing them that way, even though the age difference isn't that big of an age difference. And, you know, again, you know, it to me, it sets up the fact that if they wanted to, to help celebrate a potential anniversary for Gravity Falls, they could do a movie. If Disney works with them to make it happen, they could do a movie, set it maybe a few years in the future, and see that, surprisingly, you know, not only is Dipper and Mabel grown, basically become statuettes themselves, uh, in a sense, but basically Wendy is still um, at that place, and she has not been, you know, really dating as much as she should. You know, she's just still working the same job. Maybe she now owns the store. Who knows? Uh, but she's just not, you know, dating as much. And, hey, maybe that's something they could work in. That, hey, Dipper hasn't done much of dating and everything. Wendy's still there. You have them reconnect. And then maybe you go with that. Maybe, hey, finally it does happen and everything, despite the differences, despite the age differences, as they put it. Because, you know, let's say they decide, okay, we're going to take it three years in the future, 
or five years in the future, and you know, Dipper is like 17, 18, maybe 18 to make it consentable, and Wendy's like what, 21, 22? It works. It works basically um, if they wanted to do that. But that's up to those at Gravity. The, it's up to Disney and the creators of Gravity Falls because of the fact that when you look at the idea that you teased this for years, you teased it for years, you know, during the run of the show, you know, as a cute, adorable crush and everything, it's like, you know, why not at least go through with it. I mean, yeah, they had Dipper do some fantasies and everything where he was the same size as Wendy, but, you know, that's fantasy. Why not make it reality, if you know what I mean? I mean, everybody looks... I mean, for example, when it comes to, you know, ships that people feel is problematic and shouldn't work and shouldn't be, people look at something like, let's say, Spike and Rarity of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Not realizing, not realizing that the the reason people are more accepting of that ship, and I'm sure Sarcastic Chorus could kind of be in the middle of it, not saying he would favor it or not be against it, but kind of be in the middle. Um, you know, basically, you know, basically, you know, when it comes to their ship, when it comes to their ship, it's more believable because you, because you're going off. You know, fans are going off things like mythology about dragons and everything, and how they can age and mature a lot faster. You know, than you can expect, and how because of that, them being shipped with somebody else, not just of their own same species, but maybe of another species like Rarity is a Rarity is a unicorn. You know, why? What? You know, it's like to them, it's like what is the problem? Right? What is the problem and everything? And it goes back basically to the first couple of seasons. You know, where Spike was occasionally referred to as a baby dragon, but over time they got away from that. And now, as I mentioned in a recent video, they kind of basically said, look, you know, uh, you know, they kind of said, look, you know, and when this is when Nicole Dubuque came around, they said, look, this is a cute, adorable ship. Let's go with it. Let's see what happens. You know, we're not going to go all the way, but we'll tease that there's something now more than friendship between them that could lead to potentially more. And if you look at the last problem, you know, right at the beginning of that episode, you know, basically, you, right at the beginning of that episode, um, there is a dragon, a big dragon, giving a pony, a female pony, uh, some flowers. So you got to think, huh, did, did did you know? Did Spike and Rarity happen, you know, enough to where it opened the door for something like that? Who knows? Who knows? But the the thing is, the thing is, people would always want to argue that it wouldn't work because she's older and everything, and Spike's a baby and everything, and. The people that try to justify it, they justify it by saying, look, Spike may, may not be a big dragon in everything. He may not be a huge dragon, you know, like the, those one, the ones he encounters in the Dragonlands, okay? You know, he may not be, you know, that kind of a dragon. He may not be, you know, as tall as Ember. He may not be, as, you know, as tall as Smolder and everything. But the reason for their growth is because they t- have more dragon-like tendencies in them 
than Spike. I mean, Spike has his tendencies, don't get me wrong. Going back to Best Gift Devil, where he kind of used his dragon manipulative trickery to switch, you know, uh, names with Fluttershy, because Fluttershy originally had Rarity, and Spike had Rainbow Dash. So, you, so he still has his dragon tendencies, um, if you will. He still has his, you know, dragon you know, tendencies, but not as much, you know, as Ember and Smolder have, who, you know, basically tend to, you know, be more dragon-like than anything else. But, again, again, getting back to point, you know, they've already established, you know, in the show that, you know, the only reason you, the only reason and way a dragon can get, you know, to a huge growth spurt, you know, quickly is through greed or bullying or whatever, which Spike is not. Spike is not that kind of a dragon. He was, you know, he's not that kind of a dragon or anything. You know, he was put in that position, yes, in the second season, but ever since then it's never happened. And they actually have come up continuity-wise in the comic. Uh, if you consider the comic kind of a continuity extension of the original show, you know they've come up, you know, with a reason for him to go back to his growth of a big dragon. Because they, this, of course, was because of promoting the Guardians of Harmony line of figures and everything. But still, they kind of gave a unique idea of how that would happen. You know, and you know how he would still be kind of like in control, if not more control, more in control than he was before. But his growth is more natural, if you will. So for him to go through the molt situation that he did, and then get the wings and all that, and that's kind of really just allowed things to take off from there between him and Rarity. You know, not in the way, you know, people think shouldn't be, but basically sort of like teasing around it. You know, it basically establishes he's grown up. He's grown up, but the only reason he's not a tall dragon, he's not like the size of a smolder or anything or an ember just yet, is because he was raised by ponies and he has that kind of a thinking, that kind of a mind thinking of, okay, you know, this is how, you know, ponies act towards each other, towards other species, that's how I'm going to act, and that's what he does. And that's what's kept him kind of small. You know, it's not anything against you know, it's not anything, you know, against, you know, him, you know, going out and being with someone. I mean, people teased him with Smolder, and she was bigger than him. And it's all because of the fact that, oh, the dragons, it makes more sense. Really? No, 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 that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse in anything. It's because of the, again, it goes back to how he was portrayed as a baby dragon, or at least occasionally referenced as such, in the first couple of seasons. And that's it. Thank God they got away from that. But with his molting and everything, it basically allowed him to essentially, you know, ascend. Basically finally grow up and mature and be what he is. I mean, do you think Twilight would give, you know, the friendship ambassador title to a baby, you know, to a baby dragon and all that? You know, do you think, you know, Twilight would just give that to anybody? No. Spike is grown up enough to where she knows he can handle it. He can, you know, you know, you know, she's recognized that he's grown up enough to where, you know, he can handle it and everything. And the teases between these two, excuse me, more so than ever, that being Spike and Rarity, 
you know, was really, you know, cultivated into Dragon Dropped to where basically I think even though they didn't straight out say it, Rarity realized that she does love Spike more than just as a friend. That she loves him as something more. And now, you know, and now she's kind of realizing, you know, what she's potentially, you know, losing to someone like Gabby, you know, of the Griffins. You know, she kind of sees that, you know, she's going to potentially lose the love of someone that actually loves her for her. But they still keep that door open, if not pretty much seal it, if you will, depending on how you view it, at the end, with Spike coming down to help Rarity and Pinky with the gem correcting, and say that even though him and Smolder had a good time delivering the mail, he's always going to want his rarity time. Basically holding out his hand for a hoof. I mean, come on. Seriously, you, you're not hiding anything from anybody when you do something like that. And this, the way, and, and that's what makes this ship so beloved. You know, and even sarcastic chorus could get behind it. And I know I was ra- talking about rambling about it for a while now, you know. But that's what this is something I think sarcastic chorus could get behind. You know, based on you know the fact that you know it's done in a way that's not shoved in your face. You know, you know there's something there between them, and that's all that really matters. And you just take it upon yourself. You just take it upon yourself. To kind of you know figure out okay did they or did they not and stuff like that you know so you know you know a ship like Spike and Rarity the reason it's so beloved by fans is because of things like that you know the same can be said as crazy as it is going back to Dip and Windy from Gravity Falls this is why people ship them. You know, and even kind of come up with stories of, okay, Dipper's older now, and, you know, Wendy hasn't really found anybody because she's been saving herself for Dipper. You know, yeah, people have done those kind of stories. You know, they expand on the universe. You know, and they could, and this is something like, again, I mentioned, they could put into a reunion movie if they wanted to and have Wendy reveal that she's actually been saving herself for Dipper. You know, hoping he'd come back and maybe they could actually make it happen between the two. You know, so, you know, you know, there's things like that out there. And it's all because fans do support these two. You know, the same, the same reason why fans support Dale and Gadget. Some, you know, support Chip and Gadget from Rescue Rangers. You know, and why they disdain Zipper and Gadget from the freaking life from the freaking movie we got earlier this year, which was good, but it's like, uh, yeah, that's that's neo okay, neo okay kind of deal. If you get get what I'm saying, that's neo forget it okay. You know, so it's you know, so it's basically you know, like I've said before, it's basically people's opinions on who they want to ship. And if fans want to ship, going back to the recent video he did on Luna and Octavia, if they want to ship them, even before their you know, meetup in the second season, you know, I could, I could get behind, like he, like he said, I could get behind it. But again, the thing that always bothers people, and he basically mocked it, you know, at the beginning of that recent video, is the age discrepancy, the age difference of, oh, she's five years older than her, or oh, this character is three years older or four years older, it's wrong, or this person's a decade older, it's wrong. It's like dudes and dudettes. If the characters, I'll give you this. 
or of consenting age, adult age, if you will, then it's not an issue. There's not. I mean, I go back to my, well, I mentioned this in a previous attempt at this video, but I go to, you know, I go back to my days in high school. My freshman year, I had a good friend of mine in my freshman class. You know, I had a good friend of mine dating and pretty much eventually becoming the wife of a good friend of mine who was a senior. Yeah, I I had somebody in my freshman class. She was in love. She was dating. Eventually became the wife of a good friend of mine from the senior class, and that was all in our freshman year. And they're like what three three and a half four years apart. Nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. I mean, I have an aunt and an uncle that are like what almost a decade apart. Almost a decade apart. And nobody says anything. You know, nobody says anything. Nobody says anything. Nobody at all. And that is basically, you know, and that is, and if that is basically something that in real life, again, I give you, got to be of consenting age. Age, especially nowadays, you know, or at least at a, you know, at least at an age to where you know it's acceptable, it's consenting, if you will. I mean, I, I get it. I get that you want something that at least is excusable, but still, still, the point. And the forty nine just scored again. But anyway, getting back to what I was saying, getting back to what I'm talking about. Uh, basically, basically, I understand that nowadays you need an excusable reason to, you know, say, okay, I get that ship, fine, no problem. But again, age depravity, you know, especially when you come to that certain point in your life, as a mid to late teen and into adulthood, should, you know, shouldn't be that big of a deal. It shouldn't be, you know, that big of a, a hassle, you know, to to talk about and you know kind of get behind and if you have other reasons fine i mean sarcastic core is basically has a video talking about the mimi problem you know from hell of a boss and everything i haven't watched that one yet but basically you could tell he's not a fan of mimi or her relationship with moxie or even with the detect with the agency she's part of because she always downgrades luna and everything you know so you know, so he you know, he has the characters. He, he has his own variety of characters he doesn't like. That's that's understandable. That's fine. I and everything, and he gives reasons why you know it just you know doesn't work. I mean, he recently did a video on one of the more recent Rick and Morty episodes with Beth and Space Beth, and how he looked at it as an allegory of self-love and everything. It's an basically it was an allegory of self love because Beth uh, basically fell in love with Space Beth. You know he gave you know and he even you know gave you know pretty much a background as to how this all came to be and stuff. And that's what's great about these kind of videos. And again, he did the same with Luna Octavia. He kind of you know he's doing he's done the same with the video on Dip and Wendy and everything. But again. When he goes back to Dip and Wendy, he says the problem there, 
is you're su- is Wendy is supposed to be like 15, and yet she could be you know mistaken for someone older, and that's not good. You know that's not good whatsoever. If you catch my drift, that's not good. the The point that I'm getting at, the point that I'm getting at, basically, ladies and gentlemen, is more along the lines of, you know, you know, the, the ships that you want to have, you want to see happen, have legitimate believability behind them, and. You know, do lay the groundwork for potentially becoming a reality. There is no doubt. But it's all based mainly on how things are worked. Like, you know, the age difference between characters and how one character is not that far away from being a consenting adult and making her own decisions. You know, or... Or the fact that the characters in a show are designed in a way that basically feels like it gives off a more motherly big sister vibe than a crush or a potential love interest deal. Or or basically something like with uh, going back to MLP, something like with Spike and Rarity, how you know some people uh, basically look at that ship. And they don't, you know, they don't really want to, you know, even consider it canon or at least teased, you know, teased as to something happened chronologically or something, you know, after the show ended. They don't want to look at that or anything because of the fact that they still feel it's a baby dragon, you know, getting it on or dating an adult unicorn. When in fact, again, there have been several instances in the show. Curators have even kind of alluded to it, you know, and everything, that, you know, Spike is a lot older than what he seems, and that the only reason he's not, you know, the only reason he's not basically looked at, uh, basic, you know, you know, basically in the same veins as, you know, uh, a smolder or an ember or... Um, or a garble and everything is because he's not, you know, that he doesn't really depend on his dragon tendencies that much. Only when he needs to, only when he needs to, which is why his growth to what he was at the end of the last problem is a more natural and believable growth. And again, I understand people. Again, I understand people still view it otherwise, and that's fine. That's your opinion. But even when you have the show staff. You know, and you have, you know, the show create. You have the show staff that writes the stories and everything, help produce the stories and everything, coming out and backing up, pretty much what some fans have pointed out to be, you know, evidence that yeah, Spike's not a baby. He's a he's a grown adult. He's just not a big dragon. Period. You know, it, it's hard for folks to accept. It's hard for them to even get behind because it's like, so wait a minute. This dragon who should be maybe about the size of rarity by season nine, but isn't, is all because he's not as greedy or dragon tendency wise as other dragons. And again, you know, they have had episodes where Spike says, look, I am more pony than dragon, and that's a fact, and he's proud of it. So. Again, 
it all again it all depends basically the shipping you know of any characters in any franchise it all depends basically on how not only people accept them but how they are potentially presented you know in the show you're not just from an artistic standpoint or story element standpoint or continuity standpoint but also an artistic standpoint a descriptive standpoint you know because if you're going to artistically describe somebody as 15 and you know like like I was saying again I'm watching the 49ers and Rams but again like I was saying you know you look you know, it's something like, you know, Gravity Falls. And like I said, the one of the issues when it comes to shipping, you know, is how it comes across. Like I said, whether it's the continuity of the show, you know, how the ship is kind of teased and built up over time, but not like, you know, totally like, okay, we're going to make them all lovey-dovey. We're just going to, you know, let you know it's yeah, something's there more than friendship, you know, or beyond friendship. Or the or basic basically it depends, like I said, on the writing, you know, and how the episode, you know, the story of the said episode is presented and stuff, you know, within the context of the series, isn't everything, you know, again how the characters interact with each other, stuff like that, you know, if you get all that right, then there shouldn't be an issue. But when it comes to the art, though, as I was saying, if you make an artistic and descriptive, you know, a judgment to where basically the characters are described as this age, but yet one of them is freaking, you know, to, you know, freaking looked at as basically someone that could be older than what they are described. That that makes things wrong. That does make things weird and awkward. It makes thing makes a ship problematic. It really does. Especially when you group said person with a bunch of other people her age or around her age range, and one of them, as he put, as sarcastic chorus put it in the video about Dipper and Wendy, has a tattoo, and that kind of doesn't give off good vibes. Of yeah, she's supposed to be 15, but yet she's hanging out with these groups, and one of them is a tattooed maybe 20 year old or something. Who knows? The thing is with shipping is if done right. In closing, if done right in everything, it can work. If, you know, if written correctly, presented correctly in everything, it can work. You know, written and presented correctly, it can work. If it's, you know, written and, correct, written and presented correctly to flow into the continuity of a show in everything, it could work. If it's written and presented correctly to when characters meet, you know, for the first time face to face and the chemistry that they give off is good, it can work. But if a character is described, you know, as a certain age and is designed to look otherwise, if you will, is designed to look otherwise, like she's older than what she's supposed to be, or he's supposed to be, that does not help the ship out. So if you're going to tease a ship, if you will, if you're going to tease a ship, you know, or at least give off the vi- or at least give off the vibrations of, hey, there's something more here than just a friendship between the characters, then you need to hit all the check marks. You need to write 
you know, the ship correctly. You need to present it correctly, you know. You know, in the, you need to write and present it correctly in the context of the story and the continuity of the show and everything on how they interact, how they meet, you know, how the, you know, the flame is ignited and all that, you know, it's starting to slowly burn to maybe an raging inferno of lust, who knows. But also, but also you have to hit the check mark of design and description, you know, as well. So that if you're going to describe somebody as being 15 in everything, if you're going to describe that person as 15 and such, and all, and all that, and the person that's going to crush on them being like 12 or 13, not that, not that younger than them, you know, then you need to put that character to be not freaking statuesque, but at a level that's like, okay, she's just a little, t- he or she is just a little taller than the one that, you know, has a thing for her, so that's, it makes it more believable. But they didn't do that. They didn't do that. So, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's complicated when it comes to, you know, presenting a ship like that, like Dipper and Wendy, but you're doing, but you, but basically you have one character freaking look like they could be in their 20s instead of being in the mid, early to mid teens, teens, while the other, who's supposed to be on the verge of his teens, or in, well, basically is in his teens now, looking like a freaking child. It, it does not, it does not work that way. You know, it does not work that way. And again, before anybody says anything about Spike and Rarity, like I said, what gets away from that is the mythology on the dragons that fans and the staff have utilized to back up the fact that Spike is a lot older than what he seems. But again, but again, when you're creating characters to be certain ages, you need to have a balance. And if there's one criticism people will give Gravity Falls, it's that. They didn't have a balance. You know, they didn't. And again, if they were to, you know, do something on, you know, like a reunion, they brought them all back together, and Wendy reveals that, hey, she did date, but she was actually saving herself, and Dipper kind of explains the same thing, but, you know, and then they both reveal that they were saving each themselves for each other. Which would be like a revelation, like, wait a minute, whoa, <laughs> you know. I mean, can you imagine Dipper's reaction, like, wait a minute, so you always had a thing for me? Why did you say anything? And you could probably see Wendy go like, well, it's because you were a little shorter then, and no offense. You know, I, I was also going through a phase. Like, she could just say she was going through that, rebel- that kind of rebel- a unique, rebellious, awkward phase of, you know, wanting to hang out with folks, you know, her own age. You know, her own age to kind of look cool and everything. But in reality, she actually already knew she had somebody. But the awkwardness would kind of give off, you know, very weird and uncool vibes in front of her friends. So, you could, you know, something like that could potentially happen if they were to do a movie. Or a reunion special or whatever. But the point is, even if they were to do that, it'd be a little too late. It'd be a little too late. And everything. And even though fans would be happy to see it, and even though, like I said, even though, like I said, um, you know, even though fans would be happy to finally see it and be glad it's happened, 
it's way too it's way too late. Yeah, you know, people will be happy it occurred, but it'd be way too late. You know, a good example of making a making a, a, a ship pay off in a way fans want is Ron Stoppable and Kim Possible. That's a good that's a good example right now of making a ship pay off when it needed to pay off and building up to it properly and hitting all the checkpoints points that I've mentioned. Writing it, presenting it, describing design wise, all that. They hit all those checkpoints correctly. They hit all the checkpoints correctly, and there's nothing people can deny about that. You know, you know, Sonic and Sally, for example, Sonic and Sally in Sonic the Hedgehog's original Saturday morning cartoon. You knew there was something there. They would show moments in season one and two, and eventually, you know, eventually, you know, they finally made it happen towards the end of the, of the show or the end of season two. So. You know, that's another example of hitting all the checkpoints that I mentioned. You know, that's an example of hitting all the checkpoints again. You know, so if, you know, the checkpoints are hit, are hit correctly, it can work. You know, if these checkpoints in a way are hit correctly, they can work. You know, they can. And, and to me, if... This, and to me, it's a little too early to say that about Octavia and Luna, if they were to do that, or Blitzo and Stilettos, Blitzo and Stilettos um, in Hell of a Boss. You know, I understand that. I get that. You know, per, you, know, I, you know, I get that and understand it perfectly. You know, you haven't, you've heard certain, it's like they've hit certain checkpoints. But they haven't gone all, they haven't hit all of them just yet. The writing is still... Has the, the writing between Luna and Octavia still has to be consistent. Blizzard and Stella still has to have some kind of consistent writing and all that, and everything. But once they hit all those checkpoints and everything, they, you know, they should be okay. You know, they should be fine. They should be perfectly, you know, good to, you know, perfectly fine, you know, good uh, and good to go, basically. You know, that's what they should be. You know, eventually, you know, with the whole Beth self incense scenario and the recent Ricky and Morty deal, they hit all the check boxes there so far. You know, but they still check, but they still have to continuously check off the presentation and the writing and all that of how the relationship now a three way deal is presented. You know, stuff like that. But. Again, that's what really depends on how a ship is presented. Is you write, is you checking off all those points, and if you miss one or two, that kind of does throw the ship off in a wackiness and awkwardness that you can potentially you know get back from until you know maybe a reunion or something, a reunion movie or whatever down the line. And that's where basically sarcastic chorus pointed out with Wendy and Dip. Wendy and Dipper from Gravity Falls. And this is why he is, yes, it is, you know, Sarcastic Course is a he. This is why Sarcastic Course is a pretty good channel and why I recently subscribed to him. And why I suggest to each and every one of you, if you've not checked out Sarcastic Course yet, check him out. Uh, you will not be disappointed because he does more than just talk about ships. He talks about other things as well and does a good job analyzing them as, from what I could tell. So check him out. 
Check them out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. But anyway, though, guys, this video has gone on long enough than it should have. I know it sounded like I rambled a lot. Again, I do apologize. I'm watching the Rams and the 49ers right now. But I just wanted to get this off my chest, get your thoughts on it overall. Let me know how you, how you feel about, you know, some of the things I've mentioned. Do you watch Sarcastic Chorus yourself? What are your thoughts on how he presents things, things and everything? And do you think I do bring up a good point of the fact that certain, you know, certain checkpoints have to be, you know, checked off or certain boxes have to be checked off to make a ship more acceptable, believable, even if you don't really get behind it? Let me know down below in the comments as well as in the live chat if there is a live chat during the premiere. Like the video. And unfortunately, there are no super chats or super stickers available right now for at least the next month. Uh, but I will hopefully get that back. Um, by around Thanksgiving, or in time for Christmas, that is. But also, if you want to help me out, Venmo at Brian-Warmer-2, Cash App at BWRoses98, as seen in the description box. Also, you can check out the Teespring store for merchandise you can't get anywhere else except there in time for the Christmas season. Also, check out BWRoses Discussions, all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora, where you'll probably see this show up as a podcast as well eventually. Also, check me out at Vimo at BWRoses at Patreon.com. Um, says B.W. Rose is a $1, $3 tier. I'm still considering working on a $5 Q&A tier eventually. Uh, but basically, like I said, check me out at Vimo at B.W. Rose for content you can't get on YouTube. As well as over, like I said, at Patreon.com with a $1 or $3 tier. Also, ladies and gentlemen, also check me out on my DeviantArt page at BVW1979. But until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later. Again, I do apologize for this going a little longer than it should have. But let me know what your thoughts are on everything I've brought up here. And again, check out Sarcastic Chorus's channel. You might enjoy it just like I have.